uh, I appreciate Johnny, and that goes without saying. Uh, I don't appreciate him because he's my cousin. I appreciate him because I've known him for a long time, and I've seen him stay true to that that he stands on, and 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 that that, that means a lot. So let's let's pray for this man who comes tonight to hear what the Lord has for us. Thank God to be back at Community Chapel. I appreciate the people here. And I love Dean. love you, Pastor. Good to have Tammy. I'm glad Tammy came tonight. I told her. She said, I'll, I'll try to come over there. So I'm glad she did. Tammy has been going through a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm glad we've got a faithful God. I was thinking about as uh, she was singing that, how good God is. And I thought about what the Bible says in Isaiah. He said, with my... He said, I will, I will sing of the, pray, of the mercies of God forever, and with my mouth I'll make mention of His faithfulness to all generations. God help me to do that, Dean. Amen. To mention how good God is to those around me. Help me to say that with my life, my walk, right. my mouth. Uh, you know, what they see each day as mentioned in the prayer room. It's not all what we uh, say, but thank God help us to, to walk in His steps. So help me to do that. That the world may see that we've got a God that's worth worth serving. Amen. We've got a Savior. And I desire your prayers tonight. I really do. I need them. And just like Dean sung that song, brethren, we've met to worship except the Spirit of God comes down. It's in, I can't do anything, and I know that. But I um, appreciate the opportunity. In the book of Mark, chapter 14, book of Mark, chapter 14, starting in verse 12, we'll probably read to about... Verse 20, verse 25, 12 through 25. And you might say, well, this is not uh, the day of communion. This is not the day of Passover. This is not... I tell you, every day is a day to partake of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every day. It didn't stop when we just got saved. It's a continuing thing. The Bible said in verse 12, chapter 14, the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover... His disciples said unto him, Jesus did, Where wilt thou that we go? I mean, they said to Jesus, Where we go? Where will we go? And prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover. And he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go ye into the city, and there shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And wheresoever he shall go in, say ye to the goodman of the house, The master saith, where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room, furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. His disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And in the evening he cometh with the twelve. And as they sat and did eat, Jesus said, Verily, I say unto you, one of you which eateth with me shall betray me. And when they began to be sorrowful and to say unto, unto him one by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? And he answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. And as they did eat, Jesus took the bread and blessed and brake it. And gave it to them and said, Take and eat, this is my body. In one place it said, Which was broken for all. He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. 
And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And I want to thank God for the reading of His Word. I've had a, another uh, a direction on my heart, to be honest with you, Dean. I've been studying another way, and God just began to lead me different in this just, uh, just this morning, to be fact. Be, be in fact, I was thinking, as we began to read, the Bible said that the day of unleavened came. That was the 14th day of the, of the first month. The day of Passover came. When they'd have unleavened bread in their houses for seven days. And you begin to think about this day and what it represented. You know, our Lord, what a special occasion this was. To know that He, just as uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 says, uh, the Bible Paul said, it is good not to glory, but he said a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. He said a little, all that we've got in this flesh will absolutely fill our hearts and minds. And he said a leaven the, the whole lump. But he said, I want you to purge out the old leaven. I want you to purge it out. And I want you to become a new vessel, a new lump. And he said, I want you to do that. And he said, not with the leaven of the unleavened bread of malice and wickedness, but have the, the unleavened bread of sincerity and in truth. He said, I want you to be a new vessel. So the Lord began to get with His disciples here. God help me tonight. But He began to get with them. And he began to, they began to go. And it was the day of unleavened. And Jesus was getting ready to be taken to the cross. He's getting ready to be crucified. And you ever been of this? And the Old Testament represented Him. But he said, they asked Jesus, they said, where will we go that we may prepare the Passover that you may eat? They said, that thou may eat. In other words, they said, we just want to make sure you get to eat of that Passover. The Passover was not for them, for him, it was for them. And you know, he didn't came to minister, be ministered unto you, but he came to minister to us with the Word of God and, and with his death. That He came there to minister for us and give His life a ransom for every one of us this this evening. Every one of us. But I thought that day of unleavened bread, the day, the 14th day of the month, what, what, they, what did they do? The Bible said in the book of Exodus, and I love this, God told Moses, He said, uh, you know, the flies didn't get it, didn't do it, the, the grasshoppers didn't do it, uh, the, the lice didn't do it, uh, the furnace didn't, all that came out of there, the dust of the furnace, that didn't do it. All the plagues in Egypt didn't do it. But he said, I'm going to send one more plague upon, uh, upon Egypt. And he said, after that, Pharaoh will let you go. He said, there's only one way to have deliverance in your life. Only one. And that is that that you take a lamb on the tenth day of the month. Now this was the fourteenth day of the month. But he said, I want you to take a lamb on the tenth day of the month. And I want you to put it up for four days. So you know what? That lamb in the Word of God, uh, in, in the Old Testament, that lamb had to be examined for four days. Think about that. They had to go through those lambs that they had, and they had to pull back that wool, and they had to find the perfect lamb. One without blemish, one without spot. One that was sufficient for that sacrifice. So it was prepared for 14 days. For four days over there. And the Bible said on the 14th day, all the congregation, began, they killed the lamb. What was getting ready to happen here? Jesus came to die. He came to die. So they were getting ready to take Him to the cross. And He was getting ready to shed His blood. 
and to become our sacrifice and His blood would be our atonement. And they were getting ready to do that to Him. So I thought about how on the 14th day here, and they said, where, where, where are we going to go? Lord, where, where are we going to prepare the Passover? I said, we've, you know, they evidently they had the lamb there. They said, where are we going to go? And Jesus said, He sent two of His disciples. And He sent them and He said, you go into the city. And He said, there's going to be a man bearing a pitcher of water. He said, I want you to follow Him. And in the house that He goes in, He said, I want you to follow Him. And the Bible said they went into the house and they followed that man bearing the pitcher of water. I thought about how the Word of God started, Dean. The Bible said when God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and without and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep, but the Bible said the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So I, I just think about how they were led into that house by that man bearing that pitcher of water. And what led us to Jesus Christ? It was the Spirit of God. And the Spirit always bears witness of the, of the water, which is the Word of God. It always does. And they followed that man into that house. And they began to see him. And the Bible said they met, they, that man met them. That bore that pitcher of water. He met them along the way and they followed him. You know what? They had interaction with him. First of all, you'll never get to the Father. You'll never get saved without the Spirit of God. You'll never do it. Yeah. You'll never get saved without, without God's Spirit leading you to the Father. You'll never do it. And I thank God for the day that, that God came by my way, Dean. Yeah. An old unworthy sinner without, without hope, without God in the world. And God began to show me, even though I was raised in church, even though I heard the Word of God, over and over, even though I, I saw uh, the people shout and I saw the men of God uh, preach in power. But yet God showed me, said, Johnny, you have to be born again. You, you've got to be born again. He showed me that I needed Him. He did. But He said, we're going to prepare. They go into the house. And the Bible said, that, He said, when you go, Jesus said, when you go into that house, you say unto the goodman of that house, the Master has said, where do we prepare the Passover? Where do we prepare the Passover? And he said that I may eat in my disciples. You know, they didn't have to eat alone. You know what I like about it? The fact is, when Jesus saved us, you know what He does every day of our life as a child of God? If we desire Him, He'll sit down with us and He'll eat with us and He'll drink with us on a daily basis and He'll be there for us and we can partake of the Lord Jesus Christ and partake of the, of the power of God through the Gospel and through the Word of God on a daily basis. We can. And He said, the Master said, where do, I, where do we prepare the, uh, the Passover? And the Bible said, I love this, that, that they showed them an upper room and everything there was prepared for the past. Everything was already there. The Bible said that it was all prepared. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a certain king that made a marriage for his son. And you think about salvation. I'm glad there's nothing that I could do. Yeah. Nothing. I couldn't prepare my own way. I couldn't guide my own steps. I couldn't go in the direction that I thought was right. I tell you, it took God leading me and showing me that I was a sinner and needed salvation. But they found that large upper room furnished and prepared. 
and they found it, and and there they went in. And I thought about it. I thought about that. The Bible said Jesus said that a certain king had a son that was getting married, and he began to prepare. And he told the guests that was invited. He said, my ox and my ass and my fatness are killed. He said, the table is furnished. Everything's ready. Do you know what they done? They began to make excuse. One said, well, I, I bought some ox and i got to go prove them. I've done this. I've got to go down here. I bought a piece of ground. I bought a piece of land. You know, a lot of times we think about our life and, and you know, it's easy for this flesh to say, well, I need to do this. I need to do that. But there's a yearning. There's a burning within a child of God. And it says, I need to go down to God's house. There's a burning in the, in the child of God that says, I need to let God do a work in my life. But they began to make excuses and everyone went their way. But Jesus said, it's already prepared. He said, the wedding's already furnished. Everything's ready. All you got to do is come. And I think, you know, people say, well, I'll wait. I'll wait till another day to be saved. Or I'll wait till another day to repent and get back where God wants me. And no, we better do. We better go to God while He's there and while things are made ready. There's going to be a day when the door's going to be shut. And our opportunity is not going to be there like it was, Dean. There's going to be a day when we do that. But you take over there in the, over in the land of Egypt, though. God said you take that lamb. And you kill it on that 14th day of the month. And the Bible said every bit of the congregation killed that lamb. Every one of them had their hands and were guilty of the death of that lamb. I tell you, that sold the soldiers over there and the men that put the nails in Jesus' hands and His feet, I'm just as guilty as they are because my sin, my, my sorriness, my filthiness nailed Him to that old rugged cross. It did. And, and you think about how that... But they, He told me, He said, you take that lamb and you gather a lamb for a house. And they took that lamb without spot and without blemish. The best they had. They took it and they brought it in to the house. And Jesus said, I don't, you're not going to eat it, eat it, uh, you're not going to eat it watered down. You're not going to eat it sodden with water. But you're going to have to, that's going to have to be a whole sacrifice. Every bit of it. It's head, it's legs, all the purpose thereof. Said it's got to be, it's got to be a burnt sacrifice. Every bit of it has to be, has to be killed. And Jesus told them, if you begin to look, God told them over in the book of Exodus, He said, I don't want any of that lamb to go out of that house. He said, if you leave it till the morning, some of it till the morning, you take it out and you burn it. But He said, that night, why was it at night time? It was at midnight when God came down to Egypt to kill all the firstborn. It was at midnight when the death angel came through. When the destroyer came through. That's the way it is with people that are lost. It's midnight in their life. It's dark in their life. I tell you, they're in a place of, of, of needing the light, the glory, the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. They need that. It's something that has to be. And you, you begin to think about what he said. He said, you take that lamb and you eat it in that house and you eat all of it. He said, don't take it out of the house. You eat every bit of it. And he said, if the house be too little, he said, you share it with your neighbor, but you get in that one house and you eat that. 
So, so they began to look upon Jesus as He was here in, in Mark chapter 14. And that, you know, the disciples didn't understand a lot of things. And I wouldn't have either. They didn't understand about the resurrection of the dead. They didn't understand about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Their eyes and their heart wasn't open to the fact that He had to die. He had to die, what, as the Son of Man. I'm going to say one thing, the Son of God cannot die, but the Son of Man had to die. He had to die. So they didn't understand these things. It was hidden from them. And they didn't understand, just like Paul said over there. He said, Jesus Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. He said, this is our Passover. He said, let us keep the feast. Let us keep the feast with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let us keep it faithfully. He told the children of Israel, he said, when this Passover comes in and you kill that lamb and you eat of it, he said, this is going to be a memorial for you from generation to generation. It's going to be a night much to be remembered. Because this is the night that the Lord delivered you out of bondage. This is the time that God delivered you out of the iron furnace and out of the hands of the enemy. And He said, when your children shall say, what do you mean by this service, Daddy or Mom? You tell them that that's the night that God killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, but their homes and their houses were saved because of the blood of the Lamb. You tell them why they're doing that. Why did we come here tonight? We come to partake of the Word of God. We come to partake of the body of Jesus Christ. We've come to partake of the blood which represents the Spirit of God. We've come to partake of something that absolutely will transform our lives. I know when we got saved there was a change made. I know that. I know when we got saved that that God done a change in our hearts that can never, never be redone. And He can do anything to, to, to change it because that that God does is forever. We know that. Do you know what God said? He said, if you eat of my blood, Jesus said, if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, then you have life in you. But he that eateth and drinketh not, there'll be damnation. But you know, that's a daily thing. This is a daily thing. We partake of this because we need strength. We partake of this because we need, on down the road, our kids will need something in our life that's far beyond this natural that we live in. They'll need something in daddy and mama that will absolutely change their direction in their life. And it takes eating and drinking of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. They'll need something. They'll need something different in their life. He said, I want you to eat that that burnt offering, that whole burnt offering. I want you to roast it with fire. I want it to be burnt up. I want it to be good uh, good and done, and I want you to eat it. And when you do that, I want you to eat it with bitter herbs and unleavened bread. What those bitter herbs represent, it was a remembrance of what they went through in Egypt. Those bitter herbs were a remembrance of their loss. Uh, uh, just us as children of God, that's a remembrance of our loss, a life without God. Eat it with the bitter herbs. Realizing when we partake of Jesus, that's where we've come from, where we've been, and where God has brought us to. Realizing that. You know what God said? He said, I want you to eat it in haste. I want you to eat it with shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand. 
I want you to eat it girded about. I want you to eat it ready to, ready to go. And I think sometimes, just like it said in Corinthians, said, because of this, said he that eateth and drinketh unworthily of the body of Jesus is guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. And, and I've been there. But he said, he went on down and he said, but this cause many are sick. Many are sick. Many are weak. And many sleep and are afflicted among you because uh, the fact is, the more, the less we partake of the Word of God and the Spirit of God, the weaker and weaker we get in our life. The weaker we get. He said there's going to be a man bearing a pitcher of water. He's going to beat you. He was heading, and I, thought, I think about right in, if you read John chapter 13, I realize it might have been this same water that Jesus washed the disciples' feet with. But there was a man coming, bearing that pitcher of water, bringing that house. And I'm glad, I'm thankful that it always starts that man being the Spirit, representing the Spirit of God and carrying, uh, the, carrying the water in there, which represented Jesus Christ, the Word of God. And he brought it in there, and they followed him. He said, We need a place where we can eat, where we can have a Passover. We need a place. People are leaving the church houses by multitudes. They are. I mean, there's a lot of the mega churches got full. I know that. And God knows why. But the fact is, they're leaving these little churches. And they're leaving. And they're leaving. And they're in. Their, their seat's no longer full. Why? Because, first of all, they don't desire to partake of God. But God has given community chapel. He's given a community chapel a place. A place that's already prepared. They don't prepare uh, the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the anointing of God. He don't prepare that. He, he has to study. He has to study and he has to read. He has to seek God. But the fact is, God said, if you'll seek me, I'll be found there. That's right. And I'll tell you, if, if we go to Him and we expect some things of Him, He will prove Himself. Yeah. I believe that. Yes, sir. I've seen Him many a time in, in church services where God has just come by. And he's proved himself time and time again. Why? Because people are willing to go where that, that's already prepared. They're willing to go with God. The disciples were looking at Jesus, not understanding. They didn't realize that this was the last, the very last natural Passover that ever had to be done. Just like Jesus is our high priest, we don't need any more priests anymore. We are priests. And kings unto God. Why? Because God has chosen us in this royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. A royal priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices by God through Jesus Christ. God's placed us in this kingdom. He's placed us in this thing. They were looking at Jesus. And they began. Don't even realize that Jesus was saying. You just go in there. It's going to be prepared. You just go in there. They didn't realize that Jesus was going to be that Passover. Even though the Lord, even though Jesus told them, said the Son of Man must suffer, they didn't know who he's talking about. He must go in, and he must be be uh, be, be done wrong by the by the kings and by the governors and by the priests. He must be taken by the Jews and the Gentiles. Jesus told them that. It's amazing to me. A lot of times, the men, uh, us men, think, well, you know, God does everything through men, though. There was a woman over there that already, you know what she done? 
And to my knowledge, there was very few. She's probably the, the only one I can remember. There might have been more. I know Luke said he God had uh, showed him them things from the very beginning. But that woman went. And the Bible said she brought an alabaster box full of ointment. And she brought come to Jesus and she broke that box and poured it over him. And they said, leave him alone. And he said, this woman has come before my burial, come before all these things come to pass, that she may anoint my body before the burial. God showed her what Jesus was going to have to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to say something today. The Bible said in the book of, uh, book of uh, Genesis over there, and when Eli was in there, the Bible said the word of the Lord was precious in those days, but there was no open vision. Said the lamp of God went out in the house of God. I'm going to say this today. We've got an open vision. Because God has given us the word of God to show us the plan of salvation. And to show us that what we need in our life and for our families and for our homes. He's given us that. They looked on Jesus. And they said, well, we're going to go that we may prepare that, that you may, that thou may pass over. They didn't even think they was going to get to eat with it. Yeah. That's the way it's worded if you read it. He said that you may eat Passover. But Jesus said you go in there in that house and you tell the good man of the house. You say where is the guest chamber? You ask him that I and my disciples may eat the Passover. The Lord don't let us. He, he, we're not alone in this. Just like Dean said a while ago. We've got one another, but I'm thankful that we've got Jesus. I'm thankful that we don't have to eat alone. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in, I'll sup with him and him with me. And that's a promise tonight. I realize that could be, that is salvation too, but it's also a lot of times we shut the doors as a child of God. We need to let the Lord come in and eat with us. That's what revival's about, Dean. That's what services are about. Fact is that we'll allow the Lord Jesus uh, to fill our hearts with the goodness of heaven through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. Yeah. It said in verse 15, He will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared. There make ready for us. Yeah. He told the children of Israel, He said, Moses, God said unto Moses, He said, I, I come and I may just take my people out of Egypt and I'm going to take them to a good and a large land. A land that's going to have plenty of room. A land that's going to have plenty of space for me and them. He said, I, He can show you a large upper room. And, and I don't know, the Bible don't say, but I feel like this is probably the same upper room they went in on the day of Pentecost. We don't, we don't really have the answer, but the fact is God prepared a large upper room and the Bible said on the day of Pentecost there's 120. 120 there. So Jesus said it'll be prepared and it'll be furnished. Said it's already there. Said the table's spread. The ox and the fat ones are killed. Everything's ready. The bread's on the table. He said it's ready. Just come. Don't have to do anything to add to it. I'll be honest with you, we can't add to it. No. We try to add the things that God has sometimes, but we can't add to it. No. We can't. You know what we do? We, we, we'll mess things up. But the fact is, we're not going to change what God's already done. We're not. 
And the Bible said in 16, His disciples went forth and came into the city and found as He had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. Just like Jesus said is what they found. I found it had proven true over and over. Just like Jesus told me that's the way it ended up being. God tells you He's going to take care of you. If He tells you He's going to take care of a situation, you can depend on it. And he said in the evening he cometh with the twelve and he sat down and did eat. And Jesus fairly say unto, unto you, he said, I say unto you, one of you which eateth me shall betray, shall betray me. You say, well, the Bible speaks of eating and drinking of the, of the table of the Lord and the body and the blood of the Lord unworthily. I know he's talking about Judas. I know that. And he betrayed him. How many times have we betrayed him by turning a deaf ear to the word of God? How many times have we betrayed Him for, by quenching the Spirit of God? How many times have I done it? How many times have you done it? He said, one of you is going to betray me. They began to say, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Even Peter said, Lord, I'll never, I'll never betray you. I'll never forsake you. We found out that He did three times before the cock crew. And He said in verse 20, He answered and said unto them, It is one of the twelve that dippeth with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goeth as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It was good work for that man that he had never been born. What did Ecclesiastes say over there? He said, if I live a thousand years twice told, he said, if I beget, uh, beget a hundred children. If I, if I live a hundred years and beget a hundred children, and yet if I've not received the good, he said, I'm like an untimely birth. Had not been. He said it'd been good if I hadn't even been born. If I didn't receive the good of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he said it'd been good if I'd not even been born. That's what Jesus said. It's better for that man. Judas is no different than anybody that's lost. He was no different than I was when I was lost. Why? Because, first of all, I realize he's the son of perdition, and I know that, and there's a lot on that I'm going to leave alone. That's, that, that was God, God, and I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. But the fact is, as a lost person, if you reject and you reject God time and time again, I'll tell you, the day will come when you'll wish you've never been born. That's right. It's true, Dean. That's right. It said in verse 22, as, as they did eat, Jesus took bread and He blessed it and He broke it. And I know this is a good recording in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but the Lord led me to Mark for a reason. But he took bread and he blessed it. And he broke it. I could imagine the representation of Jesus Christ as he took that bread. And he said, this is my body. It's going to be broken. It's going to be broken for me. It's going to be broken for you. And the disciples watched him and they began to hear him bless that bread. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. And the Bible said in the book of Matthew, which is broken for all. This is my body. And he said, and he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, the Bible said he drank it. In the other gospel, and it said he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. He said unto them, this is my, the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will... I'll drink it no more of the fruit of the vine until the, that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. He said, I'm representing this, but he said, there's going to come a day I'm going to drink it new in the kingdom of God. 
On the day of Pentecost, the Lord was involved. He really was. Jesus was there. He said, if I go not away, he said, the Comforter's not going to come. He said, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God I, is not going to be sent. But he said, when I go away, if I go away, when, when I go away, he said, I'm going to send him. And on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they were in that upper room. And there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. And that began to fill the house where they were sitting. And the Lord began to drink and eat with them. And 3,000 people were saved. When we get saved, when you, if you, when you get saved or when you were saved, you know the Lord's involved in that. We're not up here alone, Dean. We're not at that altar alone. Jesus is there. He's letting us know that whatever we do, He'll be there. He's letting us know that we'll no longer be lost, but we'll be saved. We'll no longer, we'll be found. I thank God for that tonight. Yeah. They eat of that, in the book of Exodus, they eat of that lamb. But that lamb had to be examined. It had to be chosen. It had to be sent. And it had to die. I think about it. about four occasions before the foundation of the world John said I saw a lamb as it be slain before the foundation of the world the Bible said a search was made in heaven and earth and under the earth and God said who will go and open the book and loose the seals thereof and look upon that book who's able to read it who's able to understand it who's able to open it but most of all who's able to fulfill it who's able to fulfill that book it was a book that had to be fulfilled. So that lamb was chosen. He'd already, I'll tell you one thing, God never did have to be examined. But God chose His Word to come out of His mouth and sent His Word to save us tonight and to be the Savior of the world. And we see in Exodus a lamb that was a natural, a natural lamb without spot and without blemish. Thank God we see in the book of Luke and the book of Matthew we see a virgin conceiving a lamb without spots, without blemish. We're going down there and then we're seeing a lamb here that's ready to be taken and to be, to be killed and crucified. But he said when you take that lamb and you eat it, he said don't forget to take that blood and put it upon the doorpost. The, the side post and upon the upper post and the lintel of that, of that house. And when I see the blood, and in one place over there, right after that, he said, when I see the door, I'll pass over you. When I see the blood applied, I'll pass over you. I don't have to face death. I don't have to face destruction. Why? Because I've been saved. You don't either that's been saved. We don't. I realize we may go through a lot of pain. We may go through a lot of suffering. But I tell you, one thing about it, Tommy, God chose a lamb to come by your way. He chose that. He chose Jesus. He did. Pilate examined him and he said, I don't find any fault in him. He's not worthy of being crucified. But the crowd said, we do crucify him. So we were all guilty of the death and the blood and the body and the death of Jesus Christ. Every one of us. We were all guilty. But thank God. Thank God. Even though I was guilty, the Bible said in the book of Galatians that the Lord Jesus came to take away our sin. 
He came to deliver us from this present evil world and to take away all our sin. Thank, thank God He did. That that was between me and God, the blood of Jesus Christ has took it out of the way. So that lamb had to be slain. They began to think about it as they looked upon Jesus' face. I know, I know we wasn't there, but I tell you one thing, I still... Uh, God, God gives us a vision as a child of God, we can see the Lord. And we can see in the, in the Scripture, and we can put ourselves there. And they're looking upon Him as He's breaking that bread and giving them that cup. And, and how the, He's showing them that He would be the final Passover. That He would be their sacrifice. Not understanding it, I tell you one thing, the Lord fulfilled all that He said He'd do. It was, it was love that carried Him to that cross, Conley. It was mercy, it was compassion that carried Him to that cross. I thank God for the man that met me in the way. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Carrying the water. Hearing the Word of God and, and, and presenting it to me at an old-fashioned altar. I thank God for that. The Bible said He met them. In other words, He began to talk with them and, and to tell them, said, follow me, I'll show you where the place is. And the Spirit of God showed me where Calvary was. It showed me where Jesus was. It showed me what I needed to do and how I needed to be saved. But he said, you follow him to the place he enters in. And he entered into the house that Jesus told him to. There was a day when the Spirit of God began to deal with this, this person here and would deal with me. And, and the Spirit of God began to come in. And Jesus came in. And God the Father took up their abode in my life because I, I met the man, Jesus Christ. I met him. Thank God he had mercy on me. I appreciate the Lord tonight. I do. I thank God for all that He's done. I thank Him. Reading a lot in Psalms 119 last night. Thought about what the Bible says over there. Dean got on that a little bit a while ago. How he said, I will meditate in thy word. He said, how that I will rejoice in thy testimony more than all riches. How that I will... He said, Lord, you've dealt boundlessly with me that I might live and keep your word. And he began to go on and talk about the word of God, how it's a lamp to his feet and a light into his path. How Jesus wanted them to see that if they just eat of him, they'd just drink of that blood, partake of that spirit, that he would change their life. Peter failed him over and over again, but I believe after the day of Pentecost, Peter was a brand new man. He was saved. It changed him. I appreciate the Lord tonight, Dean. If anybody has a need, this altar is always open. I know that. I don't have to ask Dean about that. It's open. Appreciate you tonight. Thanks for having us. Appreciate your prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Appreciate the word tonight.